Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to our latest Outsports podcast. It is mid-September, I guess the ice of September, September 15th. Not the ice of Anyhow, um, you know, it, it, you never know on a Monday morning when you wake up what the week is going to hold for us at Outsports. We always, you know, line up some stories, some things we've been holding, features. Jim had a really neat piece about a, um, two women who were in a relationship, and, and, uh, and there was a, um, you know, just some other, obviously the Paralympics. And, and, and then all of a sudden, the NCAA will drop the news that it's pulling out of North Carolina and turn our, our weeks on its head. Jim, it's, it's uh, you know, I I suppose it's, I mean, we, we I guess we should have known this was coming at some point, but it is funny how these things just kind of happen in, in being in the news world and you just never know what the week is going to look like. Yeah, and I think that is, it's always something that has some controversy attached to it that tends to what drives the conversation, and we had a lot of it this week with um, the NCAA and then with the ACC, so, and uh, next week the Giants play the Redskins, uh, which is Odell Beckham and Josh Norman, so who knows what that'll bring when that game happens. (laughs) I gotta believe they're gonna gonna stay away from that one, Um, but so it was so... The, the, the repercussions of you know really I think this is a direct result of of the NBA pulling its All Star game when when the NBA pulled its All Star game out of North Carolina the NCAA kind of didn't have a choice I mean for them to say ah no we're good here this would have been highly problematic and all of this stuff we heard you know remember uh, looking back at um. When Houston removed the discrimination protections for LGBT people in the NCAA, no, oh, it's only six months away from the event. We can't pull the men's final four out. The contracts are signed. There's too much going on. They, they're removing events three months from now that they that they just announced. So, it, so it's interesting that they're willing to do it here, but with Houston and the men's final four, they were totally unwilling. And I don't know if that's because. Well, I think it probably is because if the if the NFL had said we're withdrawing the Super Bowl out of Houston in, in, in 18 months, they would have done it. But the NBA, I think, kind of put them in a spot where they just they 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 had no choice. Well, it's because of the political pressure. It's the pressure from businesses. I mean, all that matters. There was no competing interest in Houston when that ordinance got overturned what happened is they voted to strip lgbt protections from the city of houston after they were enacted by the city council that hadn't barely other than us nobody else was writing about it nobody seemed to care hb2 has had such an impact economically and when you have high profile companies like apple and ebay etc pulling out and then the nba made it impossible for the ncaa to keep its events, and then the NCAA made it impossible for the ACC. I mean, I wrote about the a follow-up on uh, Tuesday, and at the bottom I said, well, the ACC will vote this week, and it's impossible to see how they can vote to keep the championship game for football 
in Charlotte, given what the NCAA did. And sure enough, the next day they announced they are pulling all championship events for 2016-2017 from the state of North Carolina. And the ACC is based in Charlotte. So that's a, that's a big deal down there. But, yeah, they, the NBA really was the impetus for this because – if they could, if a league that big can do it, how can college basketball say, "Oh yeah, okay, we're okay with still having these events here"? So, um, same thing happened in Indiana two years ago, where they were forced to backtrack on the religious exemption bill because there was so much attention and pressure, including from the business community. It didn't happen in Houston for whatever reason. That just was like, okay, you know, nothing. Nobody seemed to be bothered by taking away that ordinance that they were like they were yeah rightfully so in hb2 in north carolina well i guess one one slight difference was uh in in houston it was the removal of discrimination protections hb2 is codified discrimination i mean correct the the way it started was it included um, same-sex couples and other things, and, and they removed that, thinking that if they just isolated the trans community, that we'd all go away. And of course, we didn't. So, it, so that that is the difference. It, it is different, but still. Although I mean, it still it still know, includes uh, it's, excuse me, it still includes discrimination against L, against gay and lesbian couples. You cannot you can legally discriminate right now in North Carolina against a couple. If you wanted to go and rent an Airbnb or rent a uh, accommodation, and someone said, "I don't want to rent you." Uh, according to this HB2, that you can't fought, you can't do anything about it. So it, what the trans thing is what really did get it over the top, and, and you know was made it really as more vile than it was. But that bill has a lot of bad things about it. In addition to that, and just basic labor law, where you're forced to take it to uh, federal court, not state court, which may not mean anything, but it's a big difference in terms of the number of lawyers allowed to practice in federal court versus practicing in state court. It's a lot more expensive, so. If you're discriminated against, if you're a heterosexual and you faced age or weight discrimination, this bill is making it harder for you to prove it. So the bill isn't just about the bathroom issue, which has got all the attention, but it's, it's, it's even more onerous than that. But you're right that that was the, that was the thing that got the top-line attention. Yeah, well, it, and, and again, there's a, there's a difference between rem- removing discrimination protection and codifying discrimination, and correct, and I don't think there was there's codified discrimination um, in it for 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 gay people, but there is for trans people. Trans people, you you cannot use the bathroom. Um, correct. If you are a trans woman, you have to use the men's room, right? I, so I, I think that, I do think that is a difference. I think it affects the trans community um, uh, more proactively. Uh, well, anyhow, regardless, it's 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 a bad yeah. bill, and I got I got <laughs> I had a couple of interviews when this happened, and one of them was from NBC, and the woman said the woman was trying to make the point that this is what would finally, finally this move by NBC was what would finally end HB two that the legislators would be forced back into session, they would be forced to repeal the law uh, because college basketball was too important to the state of North Carolina. And and my point to her was, how can you possibly think anything is going to change these people's minds? Did you see the res- the, re- the response from the North Carolina G- Republican Party was, yep. well, if you're going to do this, then football players and cheerleaders should be showering together, and you should remove like, eliminate women's sports. Like their reaction, that was their reaction. So how can you possibly think this is going to actually do anything? So I I. 
I'm at a lot. I think what the only one repercussion that it could have is spur voters to vote some of these people out. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the Republican Party in North Carolina is doubling down because if they were to backtrack now, they would lose. They wouldn't win any support from people who thought it was a dumb idea in the first place, and they would lose any support they had with uh, the, you know, the percentage of voters in Carolina that, that like this thing. And the governor right now looks like he's in serious trouble. He's been a consistent five to eight points down in every poll. So he's in big trouble. But whether or not, even if he goes, if the legislature stays Republican, the, go- the new governor, there's no executive action he can take that will overturn this. This has to be overturned by a vote of the state legislature. So we don't know what happens if there's a you know Republican House and Senate and a Democratic governor if they – and I don't know that there's an actual compromise that could be reached on this because the only you got to get rid of the worst parts of it. You can't just keep some of it. So yeah, I mean they they've really doubled down. The letter from the Carolina GOP was so over the top that reporters in North Carolina kept like trying to ver- is this 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 is not a joke, right? You weren't hacked, right? I mean they were like giving them a bit of a doubt because the response is <laughs> over the top. That if I said, yeah, this came from their official email account and they weren't hacked. So they are doubling down on it. But, yeah, I'm not sure what happens. I think still what probably a lot of people are hoping is that a federal court comes in and rules the bill invalid for various reasons. And they could then use it'll like stay it'll stay permanently invalid and no one will challenge it because the new governor, if he's a Democrat, probably would simply not appeal. And then you basically have the law eliminated um you know, sort of the same way it happened with gay marriage in the country, where where they they issued a ruling that said, you know, that found in favor of the plaintiff. So even in states where gay marriage would have never won, they made it legal for same-sex couples to marry. So I think that might be the only end game that gets us out of North Carolina would be probably court action, because I can't see. I mean, from what I see, the election in Carolina is so close that it doesn't look there will be a wave election where the Democrats will all of a sudden control state government. It doesn't appear likely. Yeah. Well, and and now you have the another repercussion of the NCAA doing this is it has, like you said, essentially forced the ACC's hand. The ACC was kind of sitting on its hands, um, not making a move, and now they're withdrawing all championship level events, including the conference college football championship, which that's a big deal. And uh, you know th- this is you know I I I I, I hate to. You know, say one sport is more important than the other, um, you know, but but at the end of the day, people football is the most popular sport in the, in, in America by by five and a half miles, and basketball in North Carolina is a close second. Well, I guess I should say a distant second. So to pull well, and in this college, case, I mean, this case, the uh, the men's I'm sorry, the men's basketball tournament was already in New York right. City. So, of the events they stripped, this was by far the largest. Um, so right. yeah, I mean, college football, it was, and plus your point about three months away, it's December 3rd, which is less than three months away and yeah. yet they're still moving it. So that rule about, Oh gee, we don't have enough time to do it. It didn't apply in this case. It's out. It's, it, it shows you what a lie that was. And is every single time these people claim that there's no way to do it. Million dollar associations, multi-million dollar associations, they can, they can do whatever the heck they want. And, and, and you know that 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 was the reasoning we've been given over and over again, and that these that they're finally doing it just tells you it really tells you what little will they had 
to do the right thing uh, back with Houston and 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 in other instances. I suppose what was it a year and a half ago with the men's final four in Indiana? That would happen like a week and a half before the final four, right? Or a week yeah. before. That would I could probably say. If it happens a week before, it's unrealistic to expect you're going to move your event. But <laughs> three months, six months, 12 months, well, anyhow, they, they ultimately move the event. It's going to be interesting to see what else happens here. I, I mean, that so far the, a, the, the NCA has said that um, you know, certain tournament games are held at the um, home school's campus. I have to believe that there was a deal with Duke and North Carolina and maybe a couple others that, okay, we won't remove your right to host uh, championship events or, or playoff events as long as you don't, you know, you, you, you don't say anything critical of this move that we're making. Because at the end of the day, athletes and coaches may have to go to North Carolina to play tournament games. Yeah, well, I'm not sure in the, in, in the men's basketball tournament they're – all the early round games are set are are basically set sites, which right. was going to be Carolina but other, moving, but, but but other other sports. And oh, I correct. Know, yes. I know years ago the women's basketball early rounds were at were at the highest seeds um, arena. I don't know if that's but but certain sports some of the early rounds are you know Duke Duke women's basketball or Wake Forest lacrosse could end up hosting tournament games. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, part of it they probably don't really know what fix that would be. You know, that like for example, Duke and Carolina. The Krzyzewski's uh, come out against HB two. I'm just how embarrassing it is. Um, that's a, that's probably a trickier one for them to finesse. That you know, do you move where do you move the game to South Carolina, <laughs> which isn't the most progressive state no. either for that. But you um, you you move it you move it to the other schools. Listen, there's, and this is why, and we'll get into the other half of this uh, in a second, but this is what bugs me about the NCAA. This was the easiest thing they could do, right? It would have been, it would have been colossal to tell Duke and North Carolina and NC State and every other school, Division Two and Division Three, even if you earn the right to host an event, you may not host that event. That would have had some very serious repercussions, but the NCAA is just—it's toothless, and it won't—it won't—it wouldn't do it. That that would have that would have moved more events than what they have done. Well, what do they do if a school from New York State, which is barred from travel to North Carolina, um, is to be playing at a North Carolina school? In one of these, you know, early round games. Well, my, well, I mean, because my, they've my already first stayed, they had to move is, regular season games. So, what happens if School A has to play some right. North Carolina? Do you make them forfeit? <laughs> right. Well, well. So, so what I would guess is the NCAA would make sure that didn't happen. That if if Duke was number one seed and was hosting eight, nine, and 16, that somehow that New York school would go from eight to seven, right? So, I mean, the, the, who's ranked where and seeded where is up to the selection committee. 
And so the NCA, I'm sure, can make sure that schools from New York and Vermont and, and, and a couple of other states don't end up having to travel to North Carolina. So they can, they can manipulate it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting but to I see mean, if it actually happens because um, I don't know how many sports well, it I'm actually sure. affects. I'm curious to see which sports actually have schools hosting early round games. They may happen more in Division Two and Division Three that we really don't pay attention to. Yeah, um, huge. Which, I, I think which is I think simply that, you know as, as more schools than Division One. I. I think that's par for the course. I, there are way more. Division two and Division three schools in Division one, and and most of the Division two and Division three, they don't have the, the 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 TV revenue to go rent some space and have all yeah. these schools fly here. No, they have one school go to the other school and they play and, and they play there. So I, I guarantee you, come November December, there are going to be teams flying to North Carolina to compete in in postseason matches, and I pray one of them is from New York, and that school. Ha- and, and, and this New York State forces them to forfeit. I pray that happens because it would be an absolute – it would force the NCAA to act again and do what they should have done in the first place and ban all postseason play from from the state of North Carolina, all postseason play. Because, they, they again, they've, they're allowing more postseason games than they've banned. Yeah, I'll still give them some credit, though, just because this was the top – line story in the media and they are you know i'm not giving them much credit i'm giving them some credit because it still did it still is going to affect the debate in carolina because these are big time events i mean nobody cares i hate to say it relatively about a division three playoff game somewhere but stripping you know greensboro where they're gonna have the ncaa basketball that's a big deal the ac is a bad is a big deal and it's focused more attention on it and it may help usher in a, a situation where this bill somehow gets overturned or they get some new leadership because people are now saying, who may have been on the fence, um, what is making us really look bad? It looks like idiots. Look at all the business we're being taken away. Um, so in that regard, I mean, it's, it's better than nothing. But like you said, the opposite would have been if they had decided, okay, we'll keep these events in Carolina. The shitstorm they would have had would have been pretty big because what the hell would their justification have been? When the and NBA Jim, just went you, ahead and said, "You just made my point perfectly," I, I, that this was this was just a PR move, that this was done to drive some headlines, because at, what the reason this should be done is to protect LGBT student athletes and coaches, and if you're committed to protecting LGBT student athletes and coaches and administrators. Then it should have been, it would have been an across-the-board ban, but because they just wanted some headlines, they made this move that moved only seven tournaments and focused on Division One, right? I, 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 other divisions too, but but they focused on this one easy thing because they knew it would drive headlines. And and except and, it's still nothing. There's still a, there's still some value, even if you do something for the wrong reasons, that it is making. More people are seeing about HB2. It is making it is not going away as an issue in the election in Carolina. And so, the more the merrier. I don't care if someone does, you know, like a vote. If you want to vote someone to win, doesn't matter if you vote reluctantly or against the other person. It's still a vote for whatever candidate you're voting for. So in this case, 
Good. The more headlines about HB2 and the more it embarrasses North Carolina, the better it is for everybody. But, yeah, it was not done out of any kind of great noble reason because they would have done this a long time ago. They wouldn't have waited until – they're all waiting. They're all waiting for the – even the NBA was waiting for the courts to step in. But for whatever reason, they've been they've been not acting. They were hoping, I think, for a, an injunction that would freeze this, and they didn't get it. So And then the ACC was like, oh, Jesus, now we have to do something because look what the NCAA did. I mean, they turned on a dime in the ACC. They were really dragging their feet, and boom, NCAA does it, and two days later they do it. So, And one of the reasons that we know this was just a PR move is because the NCAA has a much bigger LGBT issue at hand that it refuses to do anything about. A hundred or so members uh, of the NCAA have or have, have or have requested Title IX exemptions to allow them to continue to discriminate against LGBT people. We know that schools like BYU have codified into their honor code and student conduct policies specific policies targeting LGBT people and quote-unquote homosexuals. We know that NCAA members fire coaches for being gay. We know that NCA members create hostile environments on their campus for LGBT students. And the NCAA has done absolutely zero to address the fact that their members proactively discriminate against LGBT student athletes and coaches. They've done nothing. So if the NCA was really interested in doing something, Mark Emmert would get up, and say we are doing X, Y, and Z, and you have two years to comply. If you don't comply, if you don't get rid of your your policy targeting LGBT people, if you don't stop firing coaches coaches because they're gay, then you're out. You're out of the NCAA. Well, it's a noble thought. It's not going to happen. Um, and I don't know. Does the NCAA have? It's a member organization. Do they have the power to unilaterally at the National Assembly will strip a school of its rights, or is this a vote of all the members, in which case you'd get whatever membership of all the schools voting this? And that's one thing I've been looking up, and I cannot find what I think is a clear answer. It's easy for them to say our right. championship yeah. that we run, but can they can they say, BYU, the you're, no, you're no longer a member because we don't want you to be a member, or does it take a vote of the membership? Right. It takes a vote of the membership to create the policy. But where is the – what member of the NCA is going to take the initiative to start the conversation? Where is the national office on this? Why is Mark Emmert not said the national office is proposing this policy? At 100%, they cannot just wave a magic wand and make BYU go away. Absolutely cannot do that. There is, no one has even taken the first step down that road. No one has brought it up at – because they've told me. The NCA's told me. It hasn't happened. Nobody's brought it up. I've sent, I've sent messages to my alma mater at Stanford, the AD there, uh, several ADs, no response whatsoever. All it, all it takes is one member of the NCAA to bring it up at the convention, and it has to be addressed. But no one has done it. And, and you're right, no one will do it because the NCAA is not committed to preventing discrimination against LGBT people. They're not. Mark Emerson well, makes do, a proposal one tomorrow. No one – I think one reason no one's doing it, and it's it's the religious issue. They are they're all afraid of walking into that minefield. Because you you reference Title IX, and in your story you 
specified the Obama administration. Well, there is unfortunately a religious exemption in Title IX. It's been in effect since the law went was passed in 1972. So every administration has routinely granted these religious exemptions to schools that claim that if they have to change certain policies, it would violate their religious tenets. And I think it's they don't done have pro to. forma. Administration doesn't have to. Administration doesn't have to. Administra- every administration enforces certain laws and doesn't enforce certain others. The administration chooses. So but the law itself is – law has the exemption, though, and that would have to be changed by Congress. And I just don't think there is a stomach for that to happen. I think the religious thing is, is the, re- the reason I don't think any school is going to address it, because then they're going to have to say, why are you telling my school, whatever it be, Mormon, Christian, whatever, what we can and can't believe, and you're going to get it's, – it's a fight no one wants to win, even if it's the right fight. So you're not going to get any school that's going to stand up. And, and wave the banner because then that school is going to be targeted by other people for various other things. So it's, I mean, the, it's always comes back to religion in so many of these things with LGBT issues, and I think it's the case here where it's that's the that's just that's the minefield no one wants to step in. And and again, that's my point. The NCAA and its members are not committed to fighting discrimination against LGBT people. They're not. No, I am not telling this any school that they can or cannot do something. What I'm saying is the NCA has said that discrimination against LGBT people is against the core beliefs of the NCAA. And then it turns around and allows members to discriminate against members of the LGBT community. I mean, it's insane. So the NCA, Mark Everett really should get up and say, yeah, we're actually, this is, we want to do the easy stuff, but to your point, we don't want to do any of the heavy lifting. Sorry. That, that should be his speech. I'm going to write that speech out for him and send it to him. Well, I guess I guess I maybe am not as bothered by this only because I don't hold the NCAA in any sort of a high regard. I mean, they, they don't care about student-athletes. It's a cartel that probably just shouldn't exist. The conferences themselves could organize all their events and come together. Um, they have they, they've never favored the the athlete. It's always favored the coaches and stuff. When you know, and so I look at this and I go, well, this is kind of par for the course for this organization. I mean, they do one small thing right. They strip these championships, which is nice, but for the most part, they have they have never acted in the best interest of students or athletes. They've always acted in the best interest of the power structure at the school. So, yeah, they don't care. They say some nice things, but they really don't care. And so. This issue with BYU, no one's no one's going to care, and it's sad. And it's you know it's a shame that you have kids who are going to BYU who are going there probably a lot for familial you know family pressure that they're forced to live under this. And you only hope that the people within the school itself somehow could shame these these schools individually to change stuff. But the NCAA, I'm not holding my breath that they're going to they're going to find the right thing to do it because they've never done the right thing kind of ever <laughs> so here so here's a question lambda legal um sent us an email yesterday saying that they're giving their corporate leadership award to the ncaa because of all it's done for lgbt issues no, they're I announcing saw that. this I just mean... what 24 24 hours so they must have decided they were going to do this before the ncaa even announced it was moving out of north carolina do they deserve a corporate leadership award 
No, I mean, to me, I don't think so. I mean, this is, again, I praise them for taking this out. It was the right step. It doesn't mean I think it was earth-shaking. But, no, they haven't – this whole organization has never cared about the student-athletes. It's all, you know, look at, this, look at the way kids get suspended and fined for little things. You know, God, someone bought them a pizza, and they're, you know, they're suspended. And yet coaches can get multimillion-dollar shoe contracts. They, you know, whatever. We can go on and on about that. There have been whole books written about how corrupt the organization is. So um, the idea I would give them any sort of leadership award, no. I'm not going to, you know, and for Lambda Legal, it shows that the people giving that award do not pay attention to the issues and don't really know what they're talking about. They see some headlines like you talked about, and they say, oh, good for them. So, yeah, I saw that email and was like – I, I got an e- I got an email from Stanford saying that they're they're sad to announce that they've been found guilty of NCA violations because one of the football players uh, was given a loan to buy a bike and somebody bought him a movie ticket. So yeah. now now this poor kid's name is going to be uh, marred and Stanford has to has to has to Stan- Stanford Stanford. With more out athletes than any other school in the entire NCAA, Stanford's going to get punished, and BYU doesn't get punished because BYU is a model of acceptance. Uh, it's, 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 it's insane. That's the NCAA. <laughs> well, and that's who Lambda Legal is giving their corporate yep. leadership award to, which is pretty, I just makes me crazy. Yep. All right, well, enough of craziness. Um, uh, let's, we'll be back next week. Um, God knows what we'll be talking about, but maybe a little bit of Josh Norman and Odell Beckham Jr. uh, and his bleach blonde hair. Uh, Until then, we'll we'll be watching carefully BYU and the NCAA and everybody else. We will talk to you then.